0: wouldn't mind grabbing your Bibles and turning with me over to 2 Kings chapter 2, 2 Kings chapter 2, that was a blessing, brother, for those pictures from Israel. I've always wanted to go to Israel, and, uh, but then I realized, well, at one point, we're all going to be in Israel anyway. We're going to be ruling and reigning with Christ. Amen. Second uh, Kings chapter two. We'll start with verse two. And Elijah said unto Elisha, "Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel." And Elisha said unto him, "As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee." So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, "Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today?" And he said, "Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace." And Elijah said unto him. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we pray that you please bless this service tonight. Please fill us with your Holy Spirit's power. Please fill me with your power. Please help me to be a conduit of blessings for these fine people. Lord Jesus, I pray that you please help us to just have a wonderful time tonight in your house uh, as we hear from your word tonight. In your blessed name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. It's here in this passage of scripture that we are approaching, I guess you could say, the retirement of the prophet Elijah. Elijah's been the big time prophet for the past half a book or so. And uh, he's been the major man of God, but his time on this earth is quickly coming to a close. And we we see that we have this, uh, I call him the punk preacher kid. Uh, Just because I like uh, making fun of Elisha for several reasons I'll point out here in a minute. But Elisha keeps following Elijah around like a little lost puppy dog. Elisha, of course, was ordained to take over for Elijah's ministry in 1 Kings chapter 19. But uh, here, Elijah's trying to even get rid of Elisha, trying to tell him, hey, buddy, I need you to stay back. Three times when he's going from city to city, he has to tell Elisha, of course, I believe it was through a test, but he tells Elisha, hey, buddy, I need you to stay back. You need to stay here. I'm going to move on. And Elisha tells him the same thing, and this is translated from the Greek, of course, nobody, you're stuck with me, I'm coming with you. But, Elijah here, his time on this earth is quickly coming to a close, and Elisha, he is determined to stick, to stick with Elijah. Now, you have to forgive me, didn't I? I don't know why God chose to name the two characters, so close together as they are, I really wish that he would have probably named Elisha something different, like Bob or something. It would have been easier, but, you know, God has a sense of humor, and I think that he likes to laugh whenever he sees preachers tell stories about Elijah and Elisha. But Elisha here, three times, three times, he chases down his mentor, and his mentor mentor tries to get rid of him tries to tell him, hey, buddy, you need to stick behind. Two times he's discouraged by his own friends, his own peers, the sons of the prophets, the people that he would have learned under Elijah with, his best friends. They try and discourage him saying, hey, don't you know that the Lord's going to take your master from your head today? Don't you know that there's no point in following him? Don't you know it's, it's a done deal? He goes through all of this because he knows that it is God's will in his life to not just take over for Elijah, but have the double portion and do double the works that Elijah did in his life. And you, if you pay attention and if you study later on, Elisha does just that. He accomplishes it and gets the Lord's blessing and does double the blessings, double the works that Elijah did. In his life. We'll, tonight we will coin that biblical determination. And that is the fact that he is determined to do something for the Lord. Determined to do something great and mighty for God. We as Christians, that's something we desperately need today. It's some biblical determination. It's a sad fact that many Christians today, we are more determined to follow a politician or the news than we are to spend time in the word of God. It's a sad fact that many Christians today, we spend more time in watching movies in Hollywood than we do in prayer. I was challenged when I was in high school to go home and if you could name, try and name 50 actors in Hollywood. Then go in the book and see if you can get that many Bible characters. If you can't name 50 actors but name 50 Bible characters, you're good. If you can name 50 actors and can't name 50 Bible characters... You might want to reevaluate something. Where's our determination tonight? My generation, we can we get blamed a lot, and honestly I blame us too for a complete and total lack of determination. We expect everything to be handed to us. We really do. But then again, that's that's us Christians today too. Though salvation was so easy we just expect everything else to be handed to us. We have no determination to do anything great for God. We're not wanting to do anything great for God. And so, guess what? Nothing does get done for God. You know, D.O. Moody, a preacher of years gone by once, when he, in his testimony, when he was first saved, he started going to church. And when he went to church, the preacher preached and made this statement, the world has yet to see what God can do through one man wholly dedicated to him. And he decided, you know what? I'm going to be stubborn enough that I'm going to be that one man. I'm going to be wholly dedicated to him. I'll show the world what, what that will look like. And you know what? He preached thousands of sermons, saw millions of people saved, and to the point that he, his sermons are still seeing people saved today. I'd make that same challenge tonight. The world has yet to see what God can do through one Christian. Man, woman, child, wholly dedicated to him. We need Christians that have a biblical determination enough that'll have a walk with God, a biblical te- determination enough that'll pray to God, that'll go so in and that'll see people saved, a biblical determination to, be- to get before God and to pray before Him and beg for forgiveness for our country. We've got to have biblical determination tonight. Just three things, three things I want to point out tonight about being biblically determined about chasing the will of God. Number one, look with me in 2 Kings 2.9. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Number one, do it for God. If we're going to chase the will of God, isn't God worth doing it for? You know what's great about the will of God is that God has a will for every single one of us. Every single person on this planet, God has a will for. If you're here and you're not saved, let me tell you what God's will in your life is. God's will in your life is that you get saved. God's will in your life is that you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That is God's will in your life if you're not saved. Now, if you are saved, God's will in your life is this. God's will in your life, He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to tell other people about Him. He wants you to walk with Him. He wants you to get into this Word. He wants you to to continue to go after God and to get something from Him. There's a mentality today that only the preacher or or the missionary is the one that's supposed to have a walk with God. No, that's not the case. Every single Christian, every single one of us, we're all responsible for our own walk with God. God wants to have one with us. God wants to have one with you personally. You know Jesus Christ. Can we go over real quick, just a real summary of what He did for us, what He did for you and I? Jesus Christ died upon a tree for you and me. His blood was shed. He left a home that he never had to leave, where no one was ever going to spit in his face or torture him or do anything bad to him. He left a throne. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't leave a cozy place like that. Not for the punishment he had to endure. Why did he do all that? Why did he get crucified? He did that for you and for me. He did that for you and for me, people that never even deserved it in the first place. I don't know about you, but I do not deserve the grace of God. I know that for a fact. We do not deserve it, but that's what Jesus did. If he was willing to do that for us, then wouldn't going after the will of God in our life? Isn't that the least we could do for him? Is there something in your life that you know the uh, the Lord's trying to work on you? Trying to tell you to do or uh, trying to tell you to get rid of? Is there some sin in your life that the Lord's been convicting you about but you're too afraid to get rid of? Is there something, a decision the Lord wants you to make but uh, but you're too afraid to do it? We need to be willing to chase the will of God in our life. Elisha, he was willing to go through whatever circumstance, whatever trial came in his way. He was willing to go through it and willing... To chase it. Why? Because he knew that God had his will in his life and he's willing to go through whatever it took to get it. His own own mentor discouraged him, his peers discouraged him. But he's willing to do what it took to accomplish the will of God in his life. And you see later in the chapter that the time comes when he and Elijah cross the Jordan. Guess who doesn't cross the Jordan with them? The 50 sons of the prophets. They don't cross. But Elijah and Elisha, see, there you go, I just did it. Elijah and Elisha, they cross the Jordan. And it's at that point where Elijah asks them, hey, what do you want? What can I give you? And guess who comes back with the mantle of Elijah? Elisha. He went through all that, all that pain, all that struggle to chase the will of God, and he got it. Number two, look with me real quick in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 2. And Elijah said unto Elisha, "Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. One thing that stands out about Elisha throughout this entire passage of Scripture, especially in my eyes, is the fact that Elisha never lost his zeal to keep chasing after what he knew was God's will in his life. Through struggles and through hardships, he was not willing to give up on that zeal. You remember that happiness, that zeal you had when you first got saved? You remember that? When you realized that Jesus Christ had forgiven you of your sins, you were no longer bound for a devil's hell, you remember that? I remember it. It was the best feeling I've ever had. It's never stopped. Can I ask us, some of us tonight what's happened to that zeal? When did the devil come along and start taking it? When did the devil come along and start messing with it? When did we start giving the devil that zeal to do God's will in our life? i me tell you what, the devil, what he likes to do he likes to show us all the trials and all the hardships that will happen if we start to try and do something for God. If we start to try and chase after the will of God in our life. He likes to show us about how hard things are going to be and how, how much we're going to have to struggle. And yes, I'm not downplaying any of the struggles of life. We all go through our different, our different stuff. But that's what the devil likes to point out. But here's what the devil doesn't like to say, and he doesn't tell you the other side of that. It's the fact that if you start chasing the will of God in your life, yes, you're going to start having hardships. You're going to start facing some trials. But let me tell you what, the blessings of God are going to far outweigh those trials. And the blessings of God are going to far outshadow the trials that are going to be faced. Elisha had to go through some hard stuff. But he got the blessing for it. He got the blessing from Elijah. We as Christians. Yes. There's going to be some hard times ahead. If you start following God's will in your life. Yep. There's going to be some hard times ahead. But. You know what? The blessings are going to far outweigh. Whatever you're going to go through. It's going to be double of what you're going to go through. When we first started deputation. We. uh I'll be frank about it. I wasn't in the will of God there for the longest time after Bible college. The reason why is because I had a nice cozy job. And this job, I worked at a candle warehouse there in Lexington, Kentucky. Best smelling job I ever had. It was great. I worked security there. You know what I did for an 8 to 10 hour shift? I sat there in front of two computer cameras. Two computer screens. One screen was the CCTV. The other was YouTube. That's what I did for 10 hours straight. At that time, I think I watched every single YouTube video the website had. But I remember the Lord working on my heart one night. The Lord pulled my heart and told me, Listen, you spent five years in Bible college. You've spent the last seven years knowing what my will is in your life. What are you doing with it? At that time, I was literally just wasting it. I was just sitting there. I knew God's will in my life was to go on deputation and become a missionary to the U.S. territory of Guam. I knew that's what God wanted me to do, but I'd gotten distracted. I got content. So with tears in my eyes, I begged God for forgiveness, and I called my wife up, and I told her, listen, you and I are starting deputation this Sunday. I don't know where we're going to go, but we're just going to find a church. We're going to walk in and start telling people about us. We're going to do something. We've got to start chasing the will of God in our life. We've got to start doing what God wants us to do. I could tell you, I could spend the next... I could spend days telling you all the hardships that we've been through and all the struggles and the trials. I can do that. But I can't do it consciously because... With every struggle and trial we've had, God's been there and He's blessed us out of it. We had the time of testimony, and it was a blessing to see and hear all these testimonies of answered prayers. And you know what? That's what happens when you follow the will of God in your life. We need a group, and we need a generation of Christians today that'll stand up, start chasing the will of God in their life. God been working on, on you to get rid of something in your life? Has God been working on you to add something to your life? Why don't we start chasing the will of God? Why don't we start chasing it like a Paul, like a Peter, like an Elisha, like an Elijah? Why don't we start chasing the will of God and see what God could do through us and see how God could bless us tonight? The world has yet to see what God can do through one man, woman, or child wholly dedicated to them and to Him why don't we have someone in this room tonight that will be that person? Let's chase after the will of God tonight.